0: Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you are looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and I'm back from my trip to Vegas and my archery tournament. And this week, Shruti and I are talking about how you can take a weakness and turn it into a strength. Hope you guys enjoy this show. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and I'm back with Shruti after a week wa- off while I was in Vegas and. That was an adventure. Um, so Shruti and I are going to talk about how you can make your weakness your greatest superpower. And sometimes we all hear and people say, well, when someone tells me I can't do it because of X, Y, Z, that just makes me work harder and and move forward to hit my goals. And Shruti, what is your take on making your weakness your greatest superpower?
1: You know, this was actually said to me by my mentor when I was doing my program and I, at first I was like, wait, what, like, what does that mean? And then I kind of got it. If we look at our own patterns and we have repeating patterns that we don't like, for example, I know for me, mine is impatience. So therefore, if that's my weakness, it can become my greater, greatest superpower. If I learn how to become patient, if I learn how to master myself in that way. So I can see what my mentor was saying. But again, it takes, it takes work. So each person is going to be different. Somebody might be maybe too controlling, maybe too impulsive, whatever it is for you, you know what that is. Now, okay, how can you change it? That is going to be something that you're going to have to look for internally. Okay, well, how can I change this today? It's not, you can't just jump. So if there's a situation in your life, Jay, what would you say is your quote unquote weakness or a quality that you would like to work on?
0: And part of me could say patience, but I mean, I just told you what I went through in Vegas and I I think I handle patience pretty good. Um, I mean, there's sometimes I think what repeated things and uh, I'm going to say you handle the same situation different in different situations. Like you and I might have a little bit of an argument. and I might be more patient than me and my kids having an argument because they haven't done the dishes where my patience might not be as as tough as it would be with someone else. So I think having more of a consistency on how we handle ourselves in similar situations In different events.
1: I love that. I think that that you hit the nail with the word consistency. I think that's what it is, is if we want to get to that place of mastering it, we have to be consistent with it. So I've noticed at least that the universe somehow reflects this back to me when I'm, I'm actually really working on this in myself is being more patient and I think that everything comes in duality because I was watching this video of the spiritual teacher, um, Michael Midrod. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. And he was talking about, be careful what you ask for. And he says, when you ask for something, like it comes with the opposite of it or the duality of it. So if you're like, I want inner peace, right, or I want to ascend to another level, like Fifth dimensional energy, for example, everything that you don't like about, let's say, peace, right? So, like, I want inner peace. Now you're going to have a noisy next door neighbor move in. Now you're going to have to be, you know, somebody's going to be screaming outside your window. How are you going to handle that stuff? So, it all comes with the opposite effect to really see if you want what you're asking for. We just think we're like, oh, I want to be more patient. I just want more peace, as if it's like almost like a daydream in a way. Because we're like, oh, I'm just going to get it by tomorrow. And it doesn't work that way. So are you sure you want what you're asking for?
0: Well, it's like anything. We've heard that term, that proverbial flip the switch. Okay. Well, just a, a big argument, like with, with my wife getting up and, and exercising in the morning and especially on a weekend, it's like, well, I can't just make a change. It takes me time to wake up. You can't just flip that switch in one day. Same thing. You can't just flip the switch and say, that's it. I'm going to be more patient. And you might be able to do it for a day or maybe a week. I mean, and same thing with I mean, someone trying to quit smoking. You can, maybe you can go one day, but you can't just flip that switch. And I understand with anything, whether it be I mean, quitting a bad habit, I mean, putting on a good habit, doing something, there is that cold turkey, and don't get me wrong, there's isolated I mean, times where people have been able to just cold turkey, make a change and do that, but it does take a lot of work.
1: It does. It does. And I think also Kate, Kate and I talk quite a bit, and she was saying, she's like, just don't try too hard. She's like, when you're trying, like you're in your mind, and then you're not really connected down here in your heart, and you're like, just your present being and just trusting life and being in the moment. I think sometimes we get too much in our heads, too much in our minds, and then it actually takes us away from the result that we're going for. So that took me a little bit to absorb when she said that. I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm trying to be patient. I'm trying to be honest. I'm trying to do this. And you hear people saying that all the time. And it's just like, what happens if you just allowed yourself to be in that moment calm and centered how would you react to being more patient to being more peaceful to being whatever i think it comes back to also just being centered within ourselves i think that's a big part of it in my opinion
0: well like you said i mean, being present in in that moment definitely helps i because mean, if you do have those outside distractions It's hard to focus on, I mean, let's let's go with patience. Um, And I was in Vegas for an archery tournament. If I'm focused on my target, I'm going to do okay. If there's a screaming kid up in the bleachers, that might irk my patience. And now all of a sudden I'm getting distracted. Or if someone behind me is talking too much waiting for their turn or making noises. If you're focused on your task and what you're doing, it would be easier to work on your patients, but if you start letting that outside world get into it, and that's that's a big thing, being present in that moment and what you're doing can definitely help control it.
1: And within yourself, absolutely. So you were talking about how there's somebody like noisy or there's a kid screaming, but it's if you let it affect you. So that's all external stuff. Now you might be focusing at a task on hand and that outside noise is there, but it is your choice to do you want to let that affect you? Now you can make the choice. If you want to make the choice and you're going to have it affect you, then you are going to become impatient. But if you're just like, okay, that's happening. I'm going internal, going within. I'm focusing on the task at hand. I want to put that bow and arrow like at that point, then that's where your focus is going to go. So, I mean, I work with kids and I have learned. Now I look at it. Now I'm just like, From a bird's eye view where I'm an observer, I'm like, take a deep breath. Hey, they're yelling, they're screaming, somebody's crying, somebody else is screaming, and I'm just kind of standing there like, okay, okay, I'm going to let them be, like, they're just, they're having their moment, this has nothing to do with me, I'm peaceful inside, I'm cool inside, I'm okay, and this is all just happening around me, so I think when we become an observer too, that's an interesting perspective too I find like you know when you go to a therapist you let's say you and your wife are having problems there's always going to be like oh well I'm right you're wrong or whatever but somebody neutral from you is going to see a different perspective so it's becoming that neutral person in your own life that observer in your own life like out of body kind of experience like oh no this has nothing to do with me this is just all external forces and now it's my choice if I'm going to react to this or respond to this? So, do you want to react or do you want to respond?
0: That's a big thing I use with my wife, the difference between replying or responding and reacting. Uh, you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned being an observer. You mentioned distractions. Um, we're talking about taking that quote unquote weakness and making it a strength. Um, I live with I mean, three people with ADHD, both my sons and my wife all have it. Um, so from an observer thing, I see it affects them different with Brian. It's definitely a case of an emphasis on the H, the hyper aspect, and we can sit down at dinner and he takes up about 83% of the conversation because he just doesn't stop. It just keeps coming out, keeps talking and talking, Dylan. It's more of a, and more of that attention thing. He he can sit quietly in the corner and do his own thing or, and he'll be a little more on that scatterbrained of jumping from one task to another and not finishing. So both of them are diagnosed with the exact same thing, but they they react different. Now, with that said, everyone knows ADHD as attention deficit disorder with hyperactivity. They can also hyper-focus on something. If you watch Brian shoot in the way he's capable of shooting his bow – He is hyper-focused on that task at hand. He is a, I'm not going to call him a genius, but he excels at math. And he, I mean, he does math very well. Uh, It's a case of, and I was just talking about this with a friend of mine, you get a lot of kids with ADHD where the teacher is going to say, Hey, Brian, look at me, pay attention. He is paying attention. You have a choice. He can pay attention to you with his eyes, or he can pay attention to you with his ears. Well, his ears need to hear everything so he can do the work. So he might be looking at the birds out the window, but his ears are paying attention. So there are times where you can take that. And again, not we're going to use the term weakness, but the weakness of having ADHD. But it's also that strength where he can now hyper focus on a task. He just has to focus differently. And again, it might appear that he's not respecting you and paying attention because his eyes are not looking at you, but his ear, he can only pay attention with one or the other. And the ears are what's more important to. Taking that material,
1: right? Yeah. So I mean, like you, you've you've observed this at home because they're your kids, so you know. But do they know? Are they aware of their own behaviors?
0: Yeah, they're definitely aware of it. Um, I'll say Brian's more aware of it. Again, I'm about to be fourteen and seventeen uh, in March and April, so Brian's more aware if. And he is on medication. If he forgets to take his medication and goes into practice, he'll he'll be all frantic where it's like, oh geez, I didn't take my medicine today. I'm not gonna be able to focus and this and that. And it is something I'm trying to work on with him where if you have the awareness to know that it's gonna affect you, you also have the awareness to I and mean, focus more and and do what you need to do. And you have the awareness to know, okay, maybe I need to put the phone down and not have that other stimulus affect me. Let me just focus on, on what I'm doing. Um, there, There's definitely times where, again, we, we call these things weaknesses, but a lot of times they can help us excel. I and mean, one thing for, for anyone that's listening that might be going for a job interview, you always get the, what's your biggest weakness? And one thing I always say to turn that around is, is personally for me, I'm a team player. I was coached as a team player i coached as a team player i still work so my reply to that answer is well because i'm such a team player and i'm willing to help anyone else in the office in the shop whatever the case may be at times my personal task might fall behind because i'm willing to help others so now you just Mm -hmm. took a negative of i'm gonna I, i might fall behind but i fell behind because of the positive of i'm willing to help others and i love that and that is a case of you know what it's it's that good answer where you never really put a downside to it. You're like, hey, I'm a helpful team player. So it is that answer where you can kind of circle around it and not really give them a weakness. But at the same time, and myself, and even more so with my wife, um, that, that team player atmosphere of always being willing to help, always going to assist others, and then you kind of forget that, oh, wait a minute, I had my own task I was supposed to do. And it doesn't get done, but it didn't get done because I was doing something positive, not just because I was slacking.
1: Yeah, I like that. That's so powerful to turn that because that is a very common question on interviews. And it almost feels like a little bit of a trick question. Like someone might be like, I'm too organized or too, you know, too nice. And that can get, instead of being like, oh, well, I'm not organized (laughs) because then you're probably not going to get the job. Well, you might, but you're honest. But I think that, yes, turning a negative into a positive, just like turning a weakness into a superpower. It's just, it's up to us to do the work because I think it's easy to get frustrated when it's not happening as fast as you want it to. Because I think we're so much about instant gratification as much as I don't like saying that but I do think that's true in the in the world that we live in and you know if you have to work for something like look at GPS right your parents read a map when they were going on a road trip your we had to use a payphone just to call to order pizza if we were in town we didn't have a cell phone so those things were not always available. We had to work a little bit harder for those things. And now with apps like Uber Eats with Amazon, get anything delivered, you don't even have to leave your house. It's easy. But when it comes to really working on yourself, there is no instant gratification. It just doesn't work that way. So but I think it can be so rewarding because it can not only help you grow as a person, it can strengthen your relationships. It can help you achieve your goals and it can build your professional relationships. And overall, I just think you are gonna grow as a person. And that's just the most rewarding experience there is in life, is growth.
0: And well, but that said, I like still using an old fashioned Atlas. Don't get me wrong, I use the GPS, but it's nice if you're going on a long trip to open up that map and be able to just get the full view and see where you're going and. Make any detours. Um, I think there is a a generational an issue to a lot of this stuff too. Where, and I went back to school a few years ago, and right before COVID hit, uh, I took a class and decided, no, I'm going to try my first online class, and. It was a, an English class. It was literature and composition. Basically, I had to read these old classic books and do a book report on it. And I had to do my research and whatnot. So online class, no problem. Go, I read my book. I go online and I'm Googling I mean, the name of the book. And I'm getting mycollegeessay.com and mybookreport.org. And, my and I'm like, something doesn't seem right. So I go and meet with the professor and in person. And she's showing me, oh, no, you got to use the, the school library. And this is how you access it. And there's these other resources and this and that said so, but i last time i looked something up it was the dewey decimal system it was actually a card catalog in a library where i pulled the drawer out i looked through the index cards and then i walked down the aisles as much as i'm pretty good with computers and can navigate around a computer and in the technical world we live in it's been 20 years so and i just said this to a friend of mine recently imagine going into a coma 10 years ago and waking up now and seeing how much different the world is in 10 years, let alone 20 or 25 years. So a lot of the stuff when you mentioned instant and Google wasn't in our pockets and 25 years ago. So I think there are some times where, I'm not gonna say work ethic because it makes it sound like the younger generation isn't working as hard. But we, we, had to, we had to use that roadmap. We had to be able to read a map back then as opposed to push a button and have them show us the map and explain the map. Now the map talks to us. Where in the past, we had to read the map. And yeah. I think there are some different things. And in my generation, we were named Generation X. I mean, I'm 46. Um, I grew up without the internet. And I mean, I had AOL, the first one of the first internet services about two years, three years after graduating high school. So I grew up without it, but then started my adult life with it. So I know both worlds where my sister's 19 years younger than me. She doesn't understand the world. I mean, I tell my my kids and he, my my son jokes how he he's happy he wasn't born in the 1900s, making it sound like it was so long ago because he wouldn't want to have a small TV like we did. And my grandfather was born in the 1800s. So when you look at the different, those different generations, sometimes taking that those strengths and those weaknesses, uh, I think having that hands-on experience we had to deal with I and mean, growing up in the 70s and 80s and, and before that, I think definitely helps us in some cases. I think, like you said, everyone wants instant gratification, instant everything. I mean, Instacart I and mean, Amazon and instant delivery and all this stuff, we're so used to it. I think that proverbial flip the switch, too many people hope that we can flip the switch and be more patient, flip the switch and just enjoy the gym for those that don't, and flip the switch and, and, and be able to break that bad habit. And it's not that easy. It does take work.
1: Yeah. And I think the the people closest to you in your life can reflect back to you what your quote unquote weakness is because everyone's like a mirror, right? So not we take things so personally but really nothing is personal so if someone is you feel provoked by someone is it that they're really provoking you or you're provoked by something that's internally not like healed in you because I think let's say somebody was like Jay, you're such a loser or something, and you took that so personally, is it really because they called you a loser? Or is it because on some level, subconsciously, that you actually think of yourself that way? Because if you didn't think about yourself that way, that comment would not affect you.
0: Well, one of the, Kind of like what you were just saying, one of the quotes that pops up a lot, I see it on Instagram is, don't get my personality and my attitude twisted. Uh, because of my attitude, my personality is me and my attitude depends on you. So there's some times where uh, people might meet you and they might meet you in a cranky way. So you get a little cranky with them and they think, oh, geez, you're a cranky person. Well, no, maybe if you came up to me pleasant, you'd meet the pleasant side of me. Right, Uh, And and that's the thing. Sometimes it's difficult to separate those.
1: It is easier said than done. But I think that let's say someone is being unkind or snappy to us. And then we do the same thing back. It's just like, Oh, well, I just met them at their level. Whereas if you weren't, again, this is an external influence. If you weren't affected by that, you would just kind of let it be like, all right, whatever. They're just being them. They're just being this way, but I'm not going to respond in that way because I'm not getting triggered because I'm in my own space. And I'm coming from either the heart or I'm not saying like you're going to be like super sweet or or super mean or any extreme. But I think it comes down to when you're not triggered by an external force, you are not going to react accordingly to how they're reacting. You're going to respond. So, again, if someone's snippy or says a rude remark to you if you're centered and you're in your calm place, you will respond. It's like, okay, I'll let you be. That's it. But if you react, it's because you're, you're being mirrored back something. That's my point. So I think we just tend to take things personally because we aren't wanting to come to terms with what, it is within us because nothing is really personal. As much as we want to think it is, or maybe someone's attacking you and it nothing is personal. We just take it that way. It's easier said than done to like not think that way, but it really is the truth because your perception of reality is your own. And I think that people that trigger you are actually your greatest teachers are the best teachers as, and, and it's frustrating. You're like, oh, like you're teaching me something about myself that I don't like one two, that I haven't mastered that. Oh, now I have to work on. So, but again, it's like, thank you for pointing that out to me later, like a year from now, when you worked on whatever quality that is, you are going to be so grateful for that person. You're going to be like, thank you to that person who showed me this within myself, because if it wasn't for that person, then I probably wouldn't have worked on this quality in myself. That was my weakness. That's how I look at it.
0: You went back to the whole reaction thing. And I think that kind of also ties into the patience and also fully understanding what's going on. Um, I was actually just watching a documentary on the Olympics and they mentioned how They took one line out of a quote from a US swimmer about the Australian swim team, which was one of the best teams in the world and how he had made one thing about, we're going to smash them like a guitar or something like that. But if you listen to the whole, when he took the whole statement that he said, it was a respect towards the Australian swim team and not just that one line. And you'll get a lot of times when those those trigger words or that trigger phrase where you might be saying something or someone saying something to you and you don't hear the whole phrase being said, you just hear that one word or that one portion of what's being said and you react to it where if you hold, listen to the whole thing, it makes a big difference. And, and that's where that patience, that understanding. And, and I'll say, if you don't understand it, ask them to explain it in a different way, rather than reacting to your interpretation. And like you said, a lot of this is interpretation. Uh, It's not, it's not always personal, but if you interpret it as being personal,
1: that's how you're going to respond to it. That's how you're going to react to it.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't help either party.
1: Not at all. I, you know, and I'm guilty of this too. So like, I know that I'm talking about all of this, but the other day I was, you know, picking out one of the kids from, from their school and their vice principal or whoever this lady was, was kind of like snippy with me. And then I got snippy back. And then I like realized after I was like, okay, so that like, I, I was scolding myself a little bit in my head. I was like, Oh, I thought you were learning patience, you know, and all these things were happening externally that day specifically, where like, you talked to me about your trip. It wasn't that extreme, but like where I felt like I wasn't being heard or things weren't going the way that I anticipated. And I was getting frustrated and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm looking at this outside of myself when it's inside of myself. It took me like a little bit to get back to that point of internalizing it because I was just so in like reactive mode. So I'm like, okay, like, girl, you asked for patience to be more patient. Like now's your chance. You're obviously not passing this test right now. So a little bit at a time, like it's not, but being aware of it when it happens, I think that's a great step in the direction of, okay, well, how can I do this differently next time? So next time someone's snippy with me, how can I respond? Next time I'm waiting in traffic and I'm not cursing at the person in front of me, how can I respond differently? So just each time, little by little, just keep going.
0: Well, now there's, there's being patient. And then let's go back to our, our know your value one. You need to be patient. Don't react to everything, but at the same time, if someone is speaking down to you over and over, or they come at you a little aggressive, you do need to stand up for yourself at times. That's not always oh, yeah. reacting. Cause, and, and that's a, a big thing too, where I mean, it's easy to brush someone off. They do something once and okay, you know what? They're having an attitude today. I'm not going to play into it. I'm just going to go on my way. But then the next day they do it again. Next day they do it again. Now, all of a sudden, okay, where are we standing? Can, do they feel that they can talk down to me? So you do need to stand up for yourself if it becomes a a pattern, but you do need to also be able to control that zero to 60 in two seconds. Sometimes you got to take 20 seconds to get there to make sure you're aware of what's going on.
1: Yes. I mean, obviously you have to have boundaries and that's important to establish and being authentic. But when when you're being authentic and I was having a conversation with someone else about this the other day, they're like, well, if in my in that moment, my authenticity is anger. Like I probably wouldn't want to speak to Jay like while I'm angry. Whereas when we've had enough time to cool off and now I'm in the space of like I'm calm. Now I can think clearly. Now I can be in my authentic space. Now I can go talk to Jay. So you're not it's not coming from an emotional place it's coming from like a clear place and I know that I'm going through something in my life right now where I'm sort of in a situation where I'm trying to be accepting of another person and some of their personalities which I know aren't personal to me but somehow like I'm like, oh, well, it's affecting my relationship with them, but is it, or is it because I'm letting it? So I'm internalizing it and processing it and being like, okay, well, how can I be empathetic and not make that person feel bad, but also not let this affect me too, because I care about this person, but at the same time, like, why, why am I letting this affect me? So it, it, it really, again, comes back to you to internalizing it and processing it and i wish i could be like a buddha or Dalai lama like i i bet like all these people that we look up to that are like leaders they went through like so many layers to get to where they are today where you're just like oh i look up to you like you're so peaceful they probably went through all the traumas all like quote-unquote like hell, they had to go to like psychological hell to actually get to where they are today. I don't think you get to that level of like mastering things without going through some of the challenges.
0: Yeah, the challenges definitely, definitely help you. It's like anything. It, it's a test. I mean, you you learn your, your education through school, your teacher shows you something, you have a test on Friday, they show you something else, you have a test on the next Friday, and that's how we learn. And and in life, it's the same way. I and mean, for some reason, I got tested quite a bit on that trip to Vegas. I, mean, I gave you the, the laundry list of things that just didn't seem to go right. And and I made it through it. And you you mentioned how being authentic, and we've talked about the who wears the mask on one of the episodes, where you can be authentic in a nice suit or a nice dress and, and speaking properly with your grandparents, and then you can be authentic. At the bar watching the game on sunday for the super bowl and from the outside looking in you're going to look like two different people but you're you're authentic and appropriate for the time that you're in and and that doesn't mean one one persona is an act it's still who you are you just know what parts of you need to be displayed at a certain time yeah
1: i i really believe that to be true that there are different versions of us and that doesn't mean like one version of us is fake and the other is real it's just different situations and who you are you're still learning about yourself throughout your whole life
0: so what would be your biggest piece of advice or or a pointer to take a weakness that someone might have and and try to build off it to now make that a strength or to have a strength come from it?
1: So one is acceptance and awareness of that within yourself. And then the next step I would say is crawl before you walk. So it's one step at a time. It's not a big jump. One step at a time. You didn't do what's good today. Next time the situation comes up, what can you do differently? Add, pause in that moment and ask yourself.
0: Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with with both of those, Um, especially, I mean, it's kind of like going with the patience thing and being aware of yourself and what you need to work on is one of the biggest things. And then, like you said, having the patience to see it happen. Uh, I was just watching a video that I've seen pop up a couple of times and and the video was about when, you know, you're in love with someone, but he pointed out that you, you never know all of a sudden it's just kind of there. And then he uses the reference of the gym. If you go to the gym and you work out and you look in the mirror, you're going to see nothing. If you go into the gym the next day and you work out and you look in the mirror, you're going to see nothing. And then eventually three months, six months down the road, you're going to look in the mirror and go, wow, look at the change. And that's the same thing. You're working on those strengths. You, you can't read one one page of a book or one chapter in a book or take one class and see the change. But down the road, you're going to all of a sudden say, wow, I'm doing this better today than I was a year ago. And like I say, often, I hate that phrase. I want to be better tomorrow than I am today. Cause it doesn't happen in one day. It takes I mean, 30, 60, 90, or even a full year for those changes to be recognizable.
1: Yeah. You said it. <laughs>
0: I hope you guys enjoyed this show and we'll see you next week. Shift Mindset podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use, as well as clients we have worked with. These recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you.